0: Welcome back to Driven Forward, influential leaders powered by God's will. I'm your host, Jordan Johnstone. In the last episode, we met Diane Pattison, founder of Forward, and got a front row seat to how her childhood and college days prepared her for the intensely rewarding career journey ahead. Let's wrap up our time with her today and learn about who has been the biggest influence in her life, at what point she herself felt like she was being influential and how she wants to be remembered in the future. Can you share your biggest accomplishment? And I mean, like the one that you are the most proud of.
1: Yeah, it is It is definitely forward. Um, <laughs> you know, faith has, and that's professionally. You know, faith has always been my foundation and I'm so grateful that i've really come to understand how important it is to even practice it every day through being in god's word being in prayer you know i just shared about our family and um, i am just so proud of my family and just the life that we have together and that chris and i both have really fulfilling work and i think that that is just um such a blessing uh to be able to really have faith, family, and a profession that you feel is really fulfilling to you.
0: So in contrast then to your biggest accomplishment, can you share when you felt the most out of water in your life?
1: Yeah, the time I felt most out of water was when I took a job, which was with Prologis that really didn't align with my priorities around my family. Um, There wasn't the kind of culture there like there was at Trammell Crow and CBRE that was really very supportive of your whole life, including Mm. your faith. Um, And the way the business was done was um, people uh, met in conference rooms to get everything done. There wasn't a real uh, culture of delegation and trust. Mm. And so me having this focus around my priority being my family. And the headquarters of Prologis was in Denver, Colorado, and we lived in Dallas, Texas. And I was only there two days a week. You know, by by only eight months into working for Prologis, I knew it wasn't working for me or for them. And so, I just decided to really call a spade a spade and um, the CEO and I met and we decided it was time to end our relationship. And it really taught me a lot about even helping women today don't ever go to a place where you don't see the culture and the values aligning with yours. However, I do believe that God had It totally in his plan for me to go there. Because I probably would have never started forward if I would have stayed at CBRE. um, Because I love the people I work with. I love the culture. I love my my, uh, work there. And um, I think my brother said it well. He said, God had to get you out of CBRE to get you to a step that was going to get you to where he really wanted you to be for the rest of your life. And I think he was exactly right.
0: Hmm. At what point in your career did you start to feel like you were being an influence?
1: The time I really uh, felt it was um, because I have this passion around women was as women would start coming to me and saying, can we have coffee? I mean, I even think of some of the women involved with Forward Today. Brandy Sykes, one of our leaders in uh, Houston, Texas, she worked for Trammell Crow. And she came to me and said, hey, can we have coffee? I just want to learn from you. And, and you know, it was really then that I really saw that God had really put me in a place to be able to, you um, help women reach their potential, even within the corporate world, not, not wait till I started forward. Um, But, you know, was really used me in a in a big way in the corporate world to help women.
0: Can you think of a time when you were maybe surprised that somebody came to you and said, hey, you really influenced me, you know, through this or by helping me with this, you know, can can you think of an example of that?
1: Well, it's, it, this is a great question you just asked because um I just got a letter actually uh, the week of Thanksgiving from Jim Wilson, my successor at CBRE, mm-hmm. and he basically said, "Diane, I want you to know I'm retiring after 30 years at um at Trammell Crow and CBRE." And I can't thank you enough for preparing me so that when you left, everybody knew I was the right person for the job. And I've had an amazing career ever since. And my response to him was, that made me feel so good. And Jim, I better get invited to your retirement party. (laughs) (laughs) Which he did invite me.
0: (laughs) Now, you mentioned earlier, your your passion for women so i would love to kind of dive into that a little bit so where did that come from i mean did that just come from just your personal experience you were in boardrooms and meeting rooms with a bunch of men or is there something else that kind of really put that on your heart
1: yeah um i think i just saw in the workplace a lot of times there were women that really um struggled with feeling great about the gifts they'd been given. And I was really blessed to have a mom and a dad who just really instilled confidence in me. And so I just really took it on as one of my um, things that I wanted to change. And I really wanted to help women. um, And this is my passion, believe what they cannot see. And, Mm. You know, I've just seen so many women surpass what they ever believed because they had mentors, or they had someone encourage them, or you know, they had an environment where where their team was really helping them um, even go beyond. So um, I think that's where it all came from was just seeing that in the workplace and and seeing them just thrive and. I mean, you and I know this one person that I'll mention is Lisa Fry. I mean, she she was one that wasn't applying for a big job. And I said, Lisa, why are you not applying? And she said, really, Diane, you think I can do this? And I said, of course you can. And, you know, she's gone on to do great things. So um, that's really, I think, where it came from.
0: Who is the person that you would credit the most with influencing you?
1: So when, when I uh, saw this question, I thought, wow, I can't just say one. (laughs) So I'm not going to say just one. So number one, Jesus, I mean, to just stand on God's word every day, you know, when, I mean, even last week there was a tough situation and, you know, I had such peace going into helping the situation because, um, I knew God was in control. So um, I would just say, number one, Jesus. Number two, my parents, which I already mentioned, but just the fact that my dad gave me so much responsibility. I mean, some of the things I did on the farm at 16 years old, I, I look back and I go, I can't believe I was overseeing 80 people picking fruit. I had one guy that actually... Um, overdose on his ladder and you know at that time we didn't have mobile phones so i had walkie talkies and just how i handled that situation just taught me a lot of confidence i mean the guy ended up being okay um but um and then my mom just always every day told me if you want to be president of the united states you can be president so that was her line every day um Then when I went off to college, I mentioned John Sterrick and Dan Boyden. And not only did they influence me to go to Harvard Business School, but they were the two that influenced me to come to work for Trammell Crow Company. And they're two of my dear friends to this day. Um, And then uh, two of my beginning mentors who changed my life, Don Williams, the CEO of Trammell Crow. And he was very passionate about helping a having his company that he led be a company that didn't look like a white Caucasian company. Um, and then Bob Buford, who really was my mentor when I started Forward, and even now I thought about, gosh, who who influences me now? Well, a lot of the women involved with forward. But also I learned from my kids. I learned from my husband. He coached me last week on that situation I mentioned. And my little granddaughter Opal is just a huge influence in my life.
0: What would you say is your driving force in life?
1: Well, and it's really back to what I shared earlier, my driving force is really to help women believe what they cannot see.
0: I love that. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. (laughs) Maybe I just wasn't listening. (laughs) What has been the biggest turning point in your life?
1: Well, the biggest turning point um, I mentioned sort of vaguely earlier, but it was when I went through a divorce. I never, never thought I would go through a divorce. That just wasn't even in my family's vocabulary and, um, but the reason I say it was the biggest turning point, because that was really when I became desperately dependent on Jesus. Um, I didn't know if my family would would uh, still meet my family after that. I didn't know if my friends would still be my friends. And it was actually just the opposite. All of them said we were We were so praying you would figure out what's going on. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely the biggest turning point in my life.
0: When and where were you happiest in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I mean, really now, it's just amazing to be able to do what I do um, for work, to have the family and friends that I have today. Um, And I even think about through COVID. Um, Chris and I both, my husband travel a lot for our work and then COVID hit. And we have probably been apart for one year and three quarters, maybe 20 nights, which is so unusual. And it's just so wonderful to get to live and work with my husband every day.
0: Did you ever doubt? where God brought you in your life?
1: I never did. And I think that's partly because of my mom's um, self-assurance that she put in me. But I also do believe strongly in Jeremiah 29, 11, that that God definitely has specific plans for us. And um, I believe that, and I even believe that about Annie, going through her tough health situation for the last seven and a half years. I just feel like God's doing something big with it because she's having so much impact on so many people, but I wish I could take her pain away.
0: How do you hope that people will remember you?
1: I hope that they will remember me as a Jesus follower who loves and prioritizes my husband my children, my grandchildren, and my extended family, and who saw that the work that I did in the corporate world and at Forward was a positive influence on people's lives and changed their lives.
0: So is there any other part, I know we're done with the actual questions, but is there any other part of your story, like as you were talking, that just kind of came to your mind that you think other women listening would maybe want to hear about?
1: Well, it was interesting, Jordan, I was just um, interviewed on a podcast last week. And, you know, I also realized how much impact some amazing women have had in my life. Uh, A couple I'll mention, which you've heard before is Molly Fletcher and Carla Harris. And some of the questions that I was asked, around, you know, in this crazy, busy life, you know, how do you make sure that you do focus on the most important? And I thought Molly just had a great five-step plan. First, you know, you got to prioritize what's important. And then you got to put a plan around it. So you make sure that you prioritize. And Chris and I, um, every year do a our, our goals together that encompass everything, our faith, our family, our friends, and our work. And um, then you have to have someone hold you accountable. And Chris holds me accountable and I hold him accountable. And I even had my boss at Trammel Crow, Mike Lafitte, who's still one of my dearest friends. It was in my performance plan when I would say, Mike, you know, my, my, travel can't be more than one night a week average throughout a year. Well, we actually checked at the end of each year to see if I traveled 52 nights or more or less, because that was part of my bonus plan. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) because, you know, and, and there was a job that was offered to me that was head of global sales for CBRE, and I didn't take it. And people thought it was out of my mind. And I thought, there's no way I could prioritize my family if I took that job. So I think, you know, really setting those priorities. And then fourth, you know, being willing to adjust, you know. So as you go through life, um, you know, Annie would call me sometimes on it. She'd say, Mom, you're not focusing on me. You're working on your, your phone. And, you know, just... Adjusting, making sure that you're always staying focused on what is most important. Uh, and I and then I think last of all, you've just always got to have other people in your life, mentors and sponsors that are always, you know advising you and helping you think of things that you've never thought of before.
0: How do you want people to remember you? If you are asked to pick the single most influential person in your life, who would you name? We would love to hear how Diane's story impacted you. Leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on and let us know what you thought of this month's story. If you post about today's episode on social media, use the hashtag DrivenForwardPodcast. Podcast. We'd love to hear your takeaways. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to Driven Forward on your preferred listening platform. To learn more about Forward, you can visit forwardwomen.org. That's the number 4 dot org, And you can also follow us on social media where we post weekly blogs, updates on our mentor program classes and upcoming events, and share inspirational quotes and verses to help get you through your day. We'll be back next month with a brand new story of an influential leader driven forward by God's will. Be sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the new episodes. Thanks for listening.